Hello there, it's great to be with you again. Welcome back to MLEX's podcast covering the top stories in regulatory affairs with the help of our team of reporters around the world. My name is James Paniki. I'm a senior editor here at MLEX. Now, regular listeners would be all too familiar with the expression killer acquisition. That's when a large established company acquires a startup or a company that is in the early stages of its development. This can be problematic from a competition perspective because the acquisition may be designed to neutralise a future competitor, hence the killer moniker. And as we've seen, particularly in the tech world, it can be tricky for regulators to manage this antitrust threat because competition laws tend to take a snapshot of the existing field of play. So if that startup isn't a significant competitor to the large company right now, then it can be hard to block the deal. Today we're taking the notion of killer acquisition in a slightly different direction. We're not talking about data sets or evanescent notions of value, but metals, real chunks of stuff, in particular aluminum, that's aluminium for our non-US listeners. Our mergers reporters in Brussels, Natalie McNeilis and Andrew Boyce, have been writing about an interesting deal involving Norsk Hydro and Alumetal, and Natalie joins us right now. And Nat, how great is it to be dealing with something a bit more real like metal? <laughs> yes, uh, yes. So sometimes it is nice to come down from this uh, world of cloud computing and gene sequencing and work on something that's a bit more tangible. So yes, this time it's about the world of metals. And the little deal that we're watching is a Norsk Hydro's bid to buy its uh, this small Polish competitor called Alu Metal. And I have to say, at first, this deal almost passed uh, under our radar because it's only worth $226 million, and it was originally notified as simplified. So that's a procedure that's reserved for deals that are small and uncontroversial, and we usually don't report on them because they're not going to have any interesting legal issues. But apparently, the commission was like, yeah, nice try, Norse Kidro. And they said, no, this deal isn't that simple, and you're going to have to do a full notification. I mean, sometimes it depends on how you view the market. You know, Norse Kidro probably sa- tried to say, yeah, the market's aluminum. And, you know, the commission was like, yeah, no, we think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. We think it's probably about recycled alum- aluminum or aluminium. And, you know, maybe it's about aluminum for a particular use. And if you look at a more narrow market definition, then this deal has potential implications that, you know, you wouldn't have if you looked at it from the perspective of, you know, the entire aluminum market. So, like, before you know it, this little case that started out as simplified, yeah, it runs into some trouble. And not only did they have to make a full notification, but the commission decided it needed a phase two review. So that means a four month long in-depth review. I mean, we looked back in our files and we couldn't find an any other deal that started off as simplified and ended up going into phase two. So this is clearly not what the companies were hoping for. So why do you think the case went off the rails here? I mean, why did they not appear to appreciate that the commission wouldn't simply want to wave this one through? 
Well, I think, you know, there were some hints in the press release uh, where they the commission announced that they were opening the phase two. They mentioned that the commission was worried that the deal could reduce innovation in green solutions. I put that green in quotation marks. Um, aluminum is a light metal, you know, and it's uh, car makers are using it more and more to try to kind of, you know, reduce their vehicle's weight so that then it, they don't use as much fuel. And so it's environmentally friendlier. The commission wants to promote that kind of thing. And not only that, but this alu metal that Norse Kidro is buying, it's a recycler. So it's, you know, it's making recycled aluminum. So that is, means it might be even more interesting from that green perspective. And so apparently this deal caught the commission's eye. Yeah, and this is the really interesting aspect of all of this, right, Natalie? Because your headline called it a potential green killer acquisition. There's that added element also of a kind of, you know, greenwashing through acquisition. Walk me through just what you mean by green killer acquisition. Yes, you know, nowadays this uh, phrase killer acquisition is all over the place. You know, we see it and, and, and we try to use it as much as possible too because it's something that attaches, it really attracts people's uh, interest. But a killer acquisition is when sort of a big fish buys up a little innovative fish, you know, and then, you know, kills it. Because many times, uh, you know, a company would say, well, you know, I'd rather not have to change my entire production process in order to produce more environmentally friendly products. And this little fish is making that the new technology. And actually, you know, that's going to be too expensive for me. So we would like to stop it in its tracks. So we know that the commission's on the lookout for anything that smells like a killer acquisition. And, you know, when we usually see that, it's in the context of big tech or it's big pharma. But like I said, you know, commission started talking about green solutions and its carbon neutral goals. And it really reminded us that, you know, we've heard this in some different speeches along the way in some different uh, cases where the commission and higher ups in the commission have been saying that they'd be on high alert for these green killer acquisitions. We've seen uh, green concerns flagged in some other recent mergers too. For instance, we saw it in last year's reviews of the waste and water markets that there was Veolia and Suez wanted to merge. These are two French water uh, powerhouses. And when they wanted to merge, they started talking, I think it was a little bit of greenwashing about how merging would allow them to, you know, bulk up and have the resources to invest in more environmentally friendly ways of treating wastewater. We've also seen it on national competition authorities' minds. We've seen them speaking about it. And they said, you know, mergers could lead to fewer choices for environmentally friendly products and technologies. Like if big players are doing this kind of killer acquisition, buying disruptive, sustainable competitors, stopping their products from coming to market, this would be a problem. And so we saw, for example, the commission put out a consultation on how its its rules, how its antitrust and merger and state aid policies could better support the EU's Green Deal. And that's the program that's pushing for the block to reach net zero emissions by 2050. And we saw different uh, national competition authorities responding, you know, how you can help is to look out for these green killer acquisitions. 
So we know that's on their minds, and it looks like this case gave them a chance to dig into it. Okay, so this is why you think it has gone to phase two, which is an in-depth review of the deal. But what's your take on whether the deal will ultimately get blocked? I think it's way too early to talk about this deal getting blocked. And I did notice in the um, in the commission's press release that they actually sent us a corrected version of the press release after the fact, um, asking us to amend our article to add in it, again, one more mention that this was only their preliminary uh, position. You know, so they do seem to be sort of tentative on this. And they're saying, you know, look, we, we need to take time to investigate this. That gave me a signal that the commission was perhaps using this case to dig into an issue that they um, want to know more about. It's good to know that they're reading your articles too, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, just to add the word preliminary, apparently. But I think that, you know, we've got four months of investigation ahead of us. So you can't talk about blocking a deal at this stage. And the commission may ultimately end up saying, you know, no, there's nothing much to see here. Just carry on as you were. Um, but on the other hand, the commission may need to offer some concessions that make the commission feel better about the deal. And I think this is an, another interesting wrinkle about this little case is that Hydro's uh, rival aluminum company, KPS, it filed its acquisition of another aluminum company called Spira just one day prior. And Spira calls itself the leading recycler of aluminum and magnesium scrap. And so, you know, this was, was an, another interesting facet of the case because the way that mergers work is if whoever gets in first, you know, first across the, the door gets reviewed as if, you know, the, the market is, is pure. The person who comes in second gets reviewed as if the first transaction has already occurred. So they are facing a more concentrated market. So this deal order business can be tricky. KPS got in the door earlier and it did have some trouble. And in fact, just late last night, we saw that KPS got approval for its deal, but it was conditioned on its divesting an, a recycled aluminum production facility in the UK and an aluminum waste recycling plant in France. So we saw there also in the commission's press release approving the deal conditionally that they said they talked about green issues. And in that case, it turned out that the product concerned was recycled aluminum for drinks cans. And we saw again the same kind of quote from Margrethe Vestère, the commissioner for competition. She said, you know, access to recycled aluminum is important for the green transition. So you see that green issues were also uh, an issue for KPS, but they got through and they, it may be because they got in the door earlier. It actually reminds me of another metals deal um, in the copper world. There was this German copper maker called Wielandwerkt, and its bid to buy one of its competitors completely failed, was prohibited. And just a week earlier than Wielandwerkt had notified its deal, its rival KME had, had filed the same, a similar kind of deal, and it got through. So, you know, this is a, a sort of a tangible example of how that priority rule that I was talking about, that sort of first come, first served rule, um, can be problematic for the second in the door. Uh, even if reviews are going in parallel, the commission is looking at the second deal as if the first has already been allowed, and that can just mean that it's facing a market that's a lot more concentrated. 
And so, yeah, we saw in that copper deal that KME got through and Wielandwerk got ultimately prohibited. I mean, I have to say, you know, there's always nuances. There were distinctions in the products at issue in those two cases. But all I can say is that coming in second definitely didn't make Wielandwerk's life any easier. And it may also make Norse Kidro's life a little bit more difficult. And Natalie, I know that we often deal with tech mergers, which tend to deal with the intangible. On this occasion, though, Mlex has its feet firmly on the ground. We're stirring the bubbling vat of recycled aluminum, uh, and it's great to be dealing with something so very tangible uh, for once. Thank you, uh, and thanks to Andrew Boyce for keeping us uh, across the detail of this deal. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Natalie McNeilis is an MLEX senior correspondent speaking to me from Brussels, and the analysis of this deal that she wrote with Andrew Boyce is now ready for you to read on the serene side of the paywall. Just head for our website, mlexmarketinsight.com, that's M-L-E-X, marketinsight.com, and click on the News Hub tab for all of the very best of MLEX's reporting and analysis. It's also incumbent on me to say that if you haven't already subscribed to this humble podcast, you can now do so on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Rate and review us where possible. It helps us attract other unsuspecting listeners. Next week on the podcast, we'll be heading to Southeast Asia to discuss Indonesia's new data protection law and the impact it might have on the regulatory landscape in the region. I hope you can join me then. Today's podcast was produced and presented by me, James Paniki. It was published by MLEX's unrivaled marketing squad in London. And our executive producer is Richard Thompson. From everyone here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you for being with us. I'll see you again very soon. Bye for now. Music